Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and the good news we have for you today is that if you have enjoyed a new segment that we introduced a couple months ago here on the Bottom Line Show called Movie Monday, if you enjoyed Movie Monday, we have a special Good News Friday edition of Movie Monday that we're doing today. If you've ever listened on a Monday, maybe caught the tail end of it, oh, shoot, they were giving away those tickets, or, wow, they were giving away that DVD, and doggone it, I really wanted those those streams or that Pure Flix subscription. And then you listen on Good News Friday and go, wait a minute, how come we don't ever talk about movies on Friday? <laughs> well, it's not that we don't. But this week is very, very special because there's a movie that's hitting theaters this Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and it is going to be a blockbuster, and we have not one but two different people who are involved in this movie who are going to be joining me this hour to discuss this movie. Um, It's a biopic, if you will, on the life of Johnny Cash. And Greg Laurie, who is a big Johnny Cash fan, uh, wrote a book about Johnny Cash's life and legacy, and he calls it Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. And there is a film version of this that's coming out Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Johnny Cash's son, John, is going to be join us this hour. Uh, Ray Nutt from Fathom Events is going to join us. And we're going to be giving away tickets to the Johnny Cash movie. So that's part of the good news that we're celebrating today. Uh, more good news, though, and this is good news about the the actual good news. I mean, not just, the, I mean, the fact that Johnny Cash had a very strong faith in Christ is, in fact, good news. There's no question about that. But there are lots of famous people who have had, you know, faith in Christ <laughs> before. So, you know, what makes Johnny's testimony any better than this? Well, it, it's not necessarily better. It's just different. And I think that's something that we have to bear in mind, especially as we think about the the times that we're living in, the world that we're living in right now, and the people who are, you know, are are just, they're, they're lost and they're looking for something. And it's amazing to me how many people are, uh, right now, they're, they're just kind of numbing themselves to what's happening in the world. And because they're numbing themselves, they're seeking entertainment more than anything else. You know, when Jesus shared the parable of the seed and the sower, and he talked about the four different types of soil and the way the seed was literally, as he put it, scattered. Oftentimes, I think that we in the culture think we need to be highly strategic about sowing the seed. When you hear Jesus talking about sowing the seed, he talks about scattering it. If you've ever watched anyone scatter seed, or maybe you've had some kind of, you know, bug repellent, you have to scatter off one of those little spreader things or something like that. You kind of hit the general vicinity, but then Jesus even went back and gave us a caveat and said, look, here's what's going to happen. Some of the seed is going to wind on the road and it's going to get trampled over. Some of the seed is going to hit what seems like good soil, but then there'll be rocks and things underneath it and it won't be able to take root. And some of the soil, uh, the birds are going to come and snatch it up and whatever, but some of the, the seed are going to hit good soil and it's going to produce a crop a thousand or 100, 630 times, whatever it was, the proportion. And it's just going to go. And it's amazing to me how oftentimes in the culture that we're in, we are either too haphazard, let's throw seed up in the air and hope it lands on the ground. Or the other part of the place is let's be so strategic. Let's be so pinpoint precision-y that we wind up sowing in certain areas and missing huge opportunities. I was talking with George Barna. Uh, George is going to be on the program with us next Tuesday to talk about some, uh, it will be 
kind of have next Wednesday, actually, because we have something lined up for Tuesday. Uh, but uh, George will be joining us next week to talk about the aftermath of the Georgia election and why it is that so many people um, kind of are losing interest in the party system, you know, Democrat, or Republican or whatever, and they're focusing more on the values. There's a very easy to explain or a simple explanation for that. Uh, and George has statistical proof. We're going to talk about that. But it really boils down to values. It boils down to what people want, you know, what's important to them. And you begin to, when you pull away the political labels and even some of the religious labels, you find out that we're not a whole lot different <laughs> than, I mean, people are people. They want to be in love. They want to be cared for. They want people to care for. They want a family. They want security. I mean, that those needs haven't really changed. But another thing George told me that was interesting was he was asking, he was asked by a couple of guys who were starting out in, uh, starting to launch a new ministry. They said, you know, we do some stuff in multimedia. What is the most popular form for reaching people? What what entertainment mode is is really touching people? And George said, hands down, it's movies. And, and this was back in the early 2000s. Movies are the way, especially if you're a Christian and you want to make something that's going to evangelize and teach people about the Lord. Movies are the way to go. Well, those two guys, by the way, were Stephen and Alex Kendrick. And the Kendrick brothers have done quite nicely, thank you very much, uh, for first with Flywheel and then with Facing the Giants. And each movie has gotten progressively better, better technology that they have incorporated. I was on the set of Courageous. Remember that one from 2011? They shot that in the spring and early summer of 2010. And were explaining to us while we were there on the set that they were using, I think it was Kodak or whatever made these cameras. They were called RED, the RED cameras. And they were shooting Courageous on those cameras. And I was talking to one of the guys behind the scenes and I said, boy, that's really impressive. He goes, yeah, there are four of them in the United States right now. Right now and Stephen and Alex have two of them. I went, wow, that's really impressive. He goes, yeah, as a matter of fact, when they release this to the theaters, they're actually going to have to dumb it down a little bit in terms of the technical side, because there aren't too many theaters and projectors that can handle this stuff. Uh, that's really cool. But they've had, they found their lane. You know, they just did Life Mark earlier this year. You got the Downs brothers, and uh, you've got uh, the Irwin brothers. There's all sorts of brothers that are making these films. And they're doing cinematic and theatrical and, the, you know, this documentary about Johnny Cash. It's just, there's so many things to see. But when it comes to impact for the kingdom you can't do a whole lot better quite frankly than the jesus film are you familiar with the jesus film of course you are who isn't this is a film that is primarily based on the gospel of luke be really great to watch this time of year but the jesus film was first released in 1979 okay so we're talking 43, almost 44 years of Jesus film. And during that time, you've heard the, the, the websites. You've heard the pundits who've all said, oh my goodness, we showed the Jesus film to 50,000 people in Africa and 10,000 people came to Christ. You know, I mean, it's, it has been remarkable. As good as I can only imagine, and I still believe, and some of these other faith-based films are, that I really do support and encourage you to support. Obviously, you know, I'm a big film fan. The Jesus film is kind of the gold standard for evangelism in film. The first version of it, as I mentioned, was the English language one in 1979. And last week, the Jesus Film Project celebrated a milestone. They have now translated this movie 
into their 2,000th language. Isn't that incredible? I mean, think about it. You find actors that have kind of a timeless look and appeal. You know, you don't find blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus, but you find someone who has a little more of a Middle Eastern vibe. And then you just dub, 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 dub the audio to where they're all speaking, or you subtitle, subtitle, subtitle. I didn't know there were 2,000 languages people could read and write, let alone speak. But the language, by the way, in case you're wondering, what language is that, is called Zo, Z-O. It is a language that is primarily spoken in Myanmar. There are only about, well, only, about 65,000 people worldwide who speak Zo. Imagine how cool it is. This is Josh Newell, who's the executive director of the Jesus Film Project, who said being able to release Jesus in Zo is the payoff of years of innovation and dedication. The most dignified thing that we can do is to share the story of Jesus in a way that people understand and in a way that does not need any translation. We're excited for what the future holds as we continue to translate this life-changing story. Now, it's exciting to see that this is happening, but here's a, one little piece of the story that our friends at the Christian Headlines posted that I, I want you to notice. And when you're reading it through at thebottomlineshow.com, you'll see it again here too. I mentioned that Zoe is a language that's spoken primarily in Myanmar. About 65,000 people around the world speak this language. That's encouraging to know that they now have the Jesus film in their language. But there are about 28 U.S. cities right now where there are immigrants from Myanmar who are here, and this is their mother tongue. This is their primary language. Can you imagine a church of maybe two, 300 people forming because some believers who were native to the language spoke it, networked with their friends and said, hey, you got to come see this thing? You know what the underlying theme here is, the key, and I can't stress this enough, as we have engagement problems with people on political issues or economic issues, family struggles, family strife, this, that, and the other thing, please understand that the reason this is such a huge milestone is this is the 2000th language that the Jesus film has been translated into. The good news of the gospel is being spoken in a language people understand. Now, how many times have you gotten into it with someone in your family, somebody who's, uh, you know, politically left or right from you, uh, maybe religiously, you guys don't line up on a certain page, you might have an adult child you haven't spoken with in many years because of this very issue. The question I'll ask you is the same question I ask myself every day. What language are they speaking? If I'm a missionary... And I'm like Wycliffe Bible translators. I go to I had some friends who went to Papua New Guinea all those years ago. And they had to learn the language. They had to learn an indigenous tongue, spend years and years and years there, figuring out how the natives would communicate with each other. They didn't have a written language. They didn't, it was only spoken and heard. And then they had to translate. They literally had to teach the, uh, the, those who were germane to that area. Uh, they had to teach them how to read and write their own language the way that they'd already been speaking. Once it was that way, then they translated the, the good news into that language and they, they had that connection. I don't know that we have a problem with what the message is that we're bringing. I think the problem that we have in this culture today is that Christians just assume that everybody speaks Christian. Everybody speaks Bible. Everybody speaks Pentecostal. Everybody speaks evangelical or Catholic. 
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and Jesus walked the earth in the form of a man, fully God and fully man. He looked like the people around him. He dressed like them. He spoke their language. Would that we do the same. And congratulations to our friends at the Jesus Film Project. 2,000 languages is truly remarkable. But what's even more special, I think, is the fact that, well, when you hear the gospel spoken in your language, you realize how winsome it is and how appealing it is. On the other side of this break, we're going to talk about a brand new movie. It's called Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. Uh, it was put together by uh, Pastor Greg Laurie and a whole host of people who all kind of pooled their resources. It's directed by Ben Smallbone, who's the brother of Luke and Joel Smallbone. You recognize them better as for King and Country. Ben does a spectacular job with this uh, treatment here. Ray Nutt is the CEO of Fathom Events. You hear me talking about Fathom Events all the time here on the Bottom Line Show. Fathom Events Events. More than half of their one-night-only or two-night-only movies that they show weeknights in theaters are faith-based projects, and they are a big force behind this one. Uh, They helped bring The Chosen to the big screen a couple weeks ago. Ray's going to join me on the other side of this break to talk about Johnny Cash, uh, the American icon, the redemption of an American icon, and also some of the other projects that uh, Fathom has in theaters all throughout the month of December. Ray Nutt joining me next as the bottom line continues. When you're injured in an accident, you just want to be treated like a human being. But when you are denied what you need to make a quick and full recovery, it can feel dehumanizing. Stephanie Cover puts her client's total healing first, and that means fighting for a settlement that respects you as a human being. The insurance companies don't necessarily care about why you need a settlement, but they know that it means they will lose money. Stephanie will stand up for a dollar amount that values your life and the full process of your complete restoration. Even when the insurance companies are doing their best not to pay you, you have a leg up because Stephanie Cover used to work for those same insurance companies. Getting you well positioned for your full physical, financial, and spiritual recovery is Stephanie's goal in working with you. Save her number now or call 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Then fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash coverlaw. Stephanie Cover. She knows the other side. Well, special guest joining me today here on The Bottom Line. You hear us talk on our Movie Monday segments about uh, a lot of events that come out one night only, two nights only through Fathom Events. Uh, this is the leading domestic distributor of event-driven cinema. It's really kind of remarkable what they've been able to do. And the man who's kind of pulling the levers behind the scenes is Ray Nutt who is the Chief Executive Officer of Fathom Events, and it joins me here on the Bottom Line Show to talk about what's been going on at Fathom, I mean, or I guess I should say what hasn't been going on because they've been so busy. Ray Nutt, welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. Thanks, Roger. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We're, we're here just one week after Thanksgiving. Have you survived the holiday yet? It seemed like every week on Movie Monday we were talking about a different Fathom Events release from September, October, November. Have you guys had a chance to catch your breath at all? Well, not really. Um, and the reason I say that is because we just uh, released something very, very different for us. Uh, we, as you probably remember, we worked with The Chosen uh, mm-hmm. last year to uh, present a, a film, which was The Messengers, um, and that did very, very well. In fact, it was our highest grossing event ever. And oh. so this year we tried something a little bit different. The Chosen just launched uh, season uh, three, and uh, we decided to go ahead and put in theaters episodes one and two. 
and uh, we launched that on November 18th and ran it through the uh, Thanksgiving weekend. It's still running, but we, Roger, we sold over a million tickets so far to this. Wow. A million people have seen this very, very important film, and uh, uh, the first three days at the box office, not that there's really a comparison, but uh, just overall, we were um, number two Friday and Sunday and number three for the entire weekend compared to some of the blockbusters that were out there commercially. So we're very, very pleased uh, with our relationship with The Chosen and that we're able to entertain over a million people so far, and it's still going. I think it's great, and, you know, it's amazing when you put this in front of people and say, hey, if we did this in a theater, would you come support it? And the thing I love about Fathom Events, events, especially for the faith community, is, Ray, you guys just keep proving yourselves over and over again. I can't think of a Fathom Events event that was faith-driven that didn't do extremely well. And, you know, it, it, whether it's on four or 500 screens or a thousand, or like in the case of The Chosen, The Chosen with 2,000 screens, that must have been huge for you guys to have, you know, as you're getting, a, not getting away from, but adding to the typical Fathom Events thing, which is like a Monday or a Tuesday or maybe Wednesday, Thursday. And now you're opening on Friday, going head to head with Wakanda, you know, and, and actually knocking Strange World out of the, the platform. You know, I mean, the, it, this is a it's a great time for what you're doing. And you had the vision to see this happening several years ago. I mean, the potential for this happening. Yeah, it's a vertical that has grown very nicely for us. And, it, you know, it feels good to be able to uh, educate and entertain the amount of people we have. We looked at growth opportunities for this particular film, too, and Unlike The Messengers, which we just distributed domestically, this one we distributed internationally. So we went to various English-speaking countries. We went to the U.K., Ireland, New Zealand, Australia, and it actually performed uh, very well there. And uh, uh, another project that we've been working on is to serve underserved communities. Uh, so we have what we call our Fathom Church Network, and uh, these are churches that are outside a certain parameter of where we show our content in movie theaters, and uh, we had over 350 churches actually show The Chosen this time, so they're out there, you know, selling tickets in, in rural America, and, and uh, you know, it feels good to service uh, these underserved communities. Ray Nutt is the chief executive officer of Fathom Events. We've got a link for their website at thebottomlineshow.com, and you can see all things Fathom. Of course, you can also find just about any of the major motion picture sites, you know, where they have Fathom Events playing. You can also get a feel for what they're doing. But I love this concept, Ray. It's kind of like we've been learning a lot in recent years about um, the different deserts and swamps, if you will, as it pertains to food, for example, you know, where it's, it's tough for uh, people to find good quality, healthy food in some parts of the country. And, and we'll call that a food desert, or then, you know, there's fast food and that's about all your option. And there's a food swamp. I would imagine in media now we're beginning to see areas where, uh, you know, in, in terms of the motion picture, we have people who listen to the bottom line show who are in anywhere from, you know, San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego, Denver, to Crow's Landing, you know, I mean, places where three, four hundred people live. And so it's kind of nice to to touch those different communities. Can you help us exp understand how the church network works a little bit? I think I understand, you know, in theory, but the fact that if there's not a major motion picture complex or something like that uh, for a place like the a movie like The Chosen to show, you'll contract with a, a church and the church kind of becomes a one night movie theater, if you will. 
Yeah, so it, it, uh, when we were looking at opportunities, you know, well over a year ago for, for growth, and I mentioned one, one was international, and that is certainly growth opportunity for us. But the other was, you know, we talk about how Fathom is in the top 100 DMAs, you know, the big cities around the country and everything. And, and you know, I said, well, wait a minute. I come from a, a town that's about 5,000 people. It's about an hour south of Chicago, and, and, and what are we doing to service those people? So, um, you know, so what we did is we, we didn't want to cannibalize the, uh, you know, our top priority is showing sure. uh, content of movie theaters, so we didn't want to cannibalize that. However, we said that what if we started this church network? So, you know, we have a partner with uh, Collide that we work with on this, and uh uh, essentially what we did is we drew a radius around all of our theaters and said these people probably are not going to drive, you know, 40, 50 miles to go to a movie theater. I wish they would, but they probably are not. But that being said, we, we started this network, and, uh, and essentially when we license in content for the movie theater, we just license it to the churches. Churches have uh, fabulous AV now. It's not, mm-hmm. not like when I was yeah. growing up when there wasn't just much of that anywhere. <laughs> They've yeah. got great AV, and it's like uh, watching it almost in a movie theater, but in the in the uh, comfort of their church. So it, it's it's been very very good, and it's not just the chosen. By the way, we saw a lot with LifeMark that we uh, that we distributed a few months ago, and and uh, other film that we have coming up uh, as well. Yeah, well, let's talk about one of those films that you do have coming up because we are excited to be uh, part of the promotional effort for the new movie about Johnny Cash. And uh, John Carter Cash is going to be a part of the broadcast here uh, in another day or so. But uh, kind of give us a, a this is kind of part of Greg Laurie's Icon series. Uh, it's directed by Ben Smallbone. I just had a chance to see it shortly before we uh, embarked here in our conversation. And it's it's breathtaking. I mean, it really is so good. Talk about why a movie like this, I think getting the Fathom treatment actually puts it into a whole different light in terms of its uh, accessibility and also its entertainment value. Well, we, we think Johnny Cash is, uh, uh, fits the Fathom model very well. It's, uh, it's all about event cinema. Um, you know, we're the leader in, in growing the faith category and, uh, uh, this movie is about uh, it's about redemption. A lot of people know that Johnny Cash uh, may have lived a hard life, but I don't know how uh, how much they know about it. And this film brings that to light, and uh, it it shows it's, it shows hope. It shows redemption. There's footage in this uh, particular film that has never been seen before. I think one of the final um, uh, photographs that was ever taken of Johnny Cash is, is mm. at the end of this film, and it's very, very, uh, very moving. Uh, we're releasing it December 5th, 6th, and 7th. Um, I have a feeling if it does as well as uh, we think it's going to do, maybe there'll be a holdover, but those are the primary primary dates, and I would, I would encourage anybody that loved his music, wanted to explore redemption and love and just really go see this picture. It, it is really worth the money. Yeah, definitely see it in theaters. I mean, I can't stress that enough. I watch so many screeners on my 21-inch laptop or however big my screen is, and I always say, okay, well, I'm glad I got a chance to get the guts of the film. Now my wife and I are going to go buy tickets, and we're going to go see this on the big screen because you just, when you see a movie like this, you might think, well, it's a kind of a documentary style. It's okay if we just wait for it to come out on video stream or whatever. I can't stress enough how important it is to see someone who is larger than life 
on a screen that is you know basically larger than life whether it's in a movie theater or at the church network how many screens do you think that you're going to have uh, uh released for the johnny cash redemption of an american icon yeah i think there's going to be uh at least uh, probably about a thousand screens for this uh, particular film. yeah so it'll okay. be everywhere Good. Well, we'll have a link for the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we encourage our listeners to get it. And, of course, we're going to have tickets to give away as well. Let's take a quick break here. Ray Nutt is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Ray's the CEO of Fathom Events, and we've got a link for their website up at thebottomlineshow.com. Let's look ahead through December and even into January at some of the other projects that Fathom is working on. We'll take a look at that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Call Dennis Wilson and his team today. Wilson Financial Services, honoring God and their clients by stewarding their money well. 800-696-9970. Just reviewed a client who put money into 3D Alternative versus leaving it in a bank. The results are in and they're fun. It's a fun report. Bank Zero, God's Kingdom, two churches in Africa. I often wonder why God's people don't do a better job with stewarding God's money. And I personally think one of them is that they've never been told how or why they should be doing it. Maybe they never heard it's God's money and we're only to be the good stewards of it. But just for fun, this turned out bank zero, God's kingdom, two churches in Africa. This isn't your money. This is God's money. And we want to show you how to be the best possible steward you can be. Wilson Financial Services, 800-696-9970. Or fill out the contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show here on this Good News Friday. I'm Roger Marsh. If you heard me in the last segment talking with my guest, Ray Nutt, who's the CEO of Fathom Events, you might have gone, wait, we're talking about movies. It's not Monday. Don't we do movies on Movie Monday? Well, we typically do. But there's a special release coming out this Monday that I wanted to give you plenty of time to prepare for. And it is the release of Johnny Cash... The Redemption of an American Icon, an outstanding documentary about the life and times of the man in black and his very, very strong Christian faith. It is a solid movie. I've had a privilege of seeing it twice now. I love it. We have three pair of tickets to use next week at any of the three screenings, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, of Johnny Cash and American Icon. Three pair of tickets to give away. Give us a call. Crystal and Teresa are standing by, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Johnny Cash, the redemption of an American icon is, Johnny speaks the language of the people. That's what we were talking about in the last segment. I mean, Johnny is the guy. I mean, he he was so relatable. He was so winsome. He was so passionate. He was a man of deep faith who didn't always live out his faith. He has that kind of David-like quality with him. But man, you are if you ever appreciated his music before, or even if you haven't, you're going to have a much deeper appreciation for Johnny Cash after watching Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon, either Monday the 5th, Tuesday the 6th, or Wednesday the 7th in theaters, courtesy of Fathom Events, and Fathom has provided three pairs of tickets for us to give away, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, that's the number to get you through to the bottom line. Bless your children with the help you've always wanted to give them. Newport Bay Mortgage works with your unique circumstances to explain the benefits of a reverse mortgage in today's market. Act now and provide for your family in need by gifting them a fraction of the fruits of your labor. With Newport Bay Mortgage, you can clarify the advantages of a reverse mortgage in your specific situation with professional insights on the current market. Sharing the rewards of a reverse mortgage is a valuable act of service that helps your loved ones Establish valuable financial security for the future. 
Use the gift from your home to contribute towards God's work and plans by blessing your family in need with real financial help. Make up your mind today to make a difference in the lives of those who mean the most to you. Start by calling Newport Bay Mortgage at 714-741-8080. 714-741-8080. Visit kbrightradio.com slash reverse or NMLS 332959. Newport Bay Mortgage is an equal opportunity housing lender. Ray Nutt is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, the CEO of Fathom Events. We've got a link for their website at thebottomlineshow.com. And the reason I think we should just have it permanently etched in at thebottomlineshow.com because it seems like there's a different Fathom Events event coming up just about every week. If you listen to The Bottom Line Show on our Movie Monday segment, you know that we're always giving away tickets to whether it's The Chosen in theaters or now with Johnny Cash, The Redemption of American Icon in theaters uh, December 5th, 6th, and 7th. And there's a whole slew. I mean, there's still a lot of December left to play here, Rain Nut. What else can we look forward to, especially as we think about this time of year and the types of movies that people really like to see in December? Yeah, you know, this is usually the time of year where a lot of people are winding down, but not not us at Fathom. We, uh, we, we've, uh, we have about 12 titles, actually, between now and the end of the year that uh, we're uh, going to be distributing. And uh, one of the first ones actually is this week. It's a it's a title called I Heard the Bells. Um, it's a, a story about uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's mm. uh, famous Christmas poem. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it is the the production value on this film, Roger, is unbelievable. This is uh, being brought to us by Sight and Sound. Um, as many mm. people know, Sight and Sound actually did, uh, did uh, a lot of and does a lot of uh, live stage performances, but this is their first venture into a, uh, a motion picture that will be released in theaters. I Heard the Bells is, uh, we're, we're distributing that to theaters. It is in movie theaters right now through December 8th. And I got to tell you, it's, it's a really feel-good movie um, and it's perfect for the holiday season. So I, I'm hoping people come out to see this because when I first looked at it uh, several months ago, I said this is going to be the perfect Christmas um, Christmas film. Perfect, perfect. Well, that's great. We'll have that link up at thebottomlineshow.com. Well, that still gets us to the second week of Advent, Ray. I'm sure there's some other things that you've got up your sleeve for our listeners at Christmas time and even into the first of the year. Tell us about those. Yeah, um, we we have a uh, film called uh, Five Thousand Blankets that uh, we're doing uh, December fifth and sixth. Uh, and and what's kind of exciting about this is that uh, Sony Affirm uh, came to us with this picture, and uh, so we're we're partnering with uh, you know one of the major studios uh, with this, and uh, we're hoping that you know between Fathom and Affirm that uh, a lot of people uh, come out for this, and then. Uh, we're ending the year with uh, with uh, uh, it's a wonderful life, uh, and I know that's a, yes. a film that a lot of people I actually saw it over the Thanksgiving weekend at home, but by based on pre-sales for tickets, there's so many people that want to see this great classic on the big screen, and so we're doing that on uh, December 18th and uh, 21st, and then maybe looking forward a little bit into next year. Uh, we're really looking forward to the thorn that we're bringing to the big screen, and that will mm. be on March uh, 6th and 7th, um, and we think that's going to be big. 
Excellent. Well, we uh, all of those uh, it, the information for all of those projects is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Rain Nutt is my guest today here on the Bottom Line, the CEO of Fathom Events. And uh, the thing about Fathom is it's a highly specialized in terms of these types of events. And for listeners who may be wondering, wow, it seems like whether it's Patterns of Evidence, Life Mark, The Chosen, now the Johnny Cash movie, when we think of these different things that are happening, you have really tapped into something that uh, our listeners really rally around too. Well, we just did a, a, a promotion uh, for uh, It's Christmas Again and talking about that well, one night only, you know, on a Tuesday night. Talk about the, the reason why it's really important for the people in the faith community to show up at these movies, but then the fact that you've seen the track record for Fathom where they do. Monday night movie, fine. Wednesday night movie, no problem. You know, it's these are the days that people don't typically go to, to flock to movies, but um, people in the faith community are really getting Hollywood's attention by saying, hey, you know, Fathom has it. It's only going to be a couple of days. I will go support it. Talk about not only why that's important, but how that has grown over the past. It seems like it's becoming a lot bigger than it was, say, five years ago. Well, the, you know, it's interesting. When we first started this, uh, what we call a vertical or category, uh, Roger, it was uh, faith slash inspiration. And mm -hmm. it was, you know, there was a few films here, a few films there, a few events everywhere. And now um, it's really evolved into a lot of subcategories as well. For example, uh, we, we showed uh, a documentary for Mother Teresa um, a few weeks ago, and that ended up being the number two documentary uh, of all box office for 2022, including any documentary out there with the major studios. So I think it's all about the content and you know, what makes me feel good about this is that, you know, we have a business to run here, obviously, but it makes me feel good when we get comments constantly by audiences about how important this is, um, you know, how important it is. It's just life-changing moments that have happened in the movie theater. And, you know, my job is to obviously sell tickets, but I can tell you personally, it's so gratifying to get up every morning and have the ability to go out and find content that is changing lives out there. And uh, uh, that's very important to us at Fathom, and, uh, and we're going to continue doing it. I love that. It's gotten a lot better, too, hasn't it? Not to say that there were some, you know, kind of slim pickings before. I remember if a faith-based movie did get a theatrical release, it usually cost them a lot of money to go out there and not really do that well. But it seems like as the the scales have tipped a little bit more in the favor of the faith community, as in production values are getting better, more realistic expectations. You know, it's a lot more cost effective, let's say, to have to do a one or two night fathom release than to try to do a large scale thing and get swallowed whole by Wakanda. Um, there, there's a lot of it seems like everyone's working together to accomplish the same goal. Is that a fairly accurate statement, Ray Nutt? It, it is, and I think what we do on the business side of this is put put forth a very fair business model where we're all what we like to do at Fathom. We like to be aligned. We like to be aligned with our content providers, our exhibitor partners that we're showing it, you know, distributing the content, and of course at Fathom. And when you create a scenario that's a win-win-win, um, and you get good content, and you get good marketing, and you get good distribution. Um, audiences will will uh, come out, so that's that's the win 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 that I refer to all the time here. I love it. I love it. Well, we definitely know the bottom line show listeners win 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 every time we talk about a Fathom Events event, and uh, we love the fact that you have so much uh, great 
uh, material to promote and that we get to co-labor with you in this effort. Uh, Ray Nutt, the CEO of Fathom Events. Uh, we've got a link for the trailers. You've got 5,000 blankets in theaters on December 5th. You've got Johnny Cash, American Icon, uh, 5th, 6th, and 7th. Uh, what was the one you mentioned that is in theaters now that's uh, through the December 8th that's got a week-long run? Yeah, that's uh, I Heard the Bells. That's I Heard the Bells. Yeah, yeah. Right, and, that, and that's from Sight and, and we've worked with Sight and Sound for years, you know, on their live-action type of things and maybe the one-off deals. So it's kind of interesting to see how they've kind of stepped into the theatrical release now and partnering with you guys. And I just, I love it. I love to see different parts of the body of Christ all working together and you know, uh, accomplishing the goals that, uh, you know, even exceeding, exceeding abundantly far beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. Well, Ray, thank you so much for your time and the great work that Fathom does and how generous you've been in terms of providing tickets and accessibility to these shows. We really appreciate it from all of us here at the Bottom Line Show. Thank you for that and also for being with us today here on the program. Well, my pleasure, Roger, and I hope you and your family and uh, everybody on the team there has a great holiday season. Well, my thanks again to Ray Nutt, the CEO of Fathom Events. FathomEvents.com is the website where you can see all those movies that Ray was talking about, including the one we're featuring this hour, Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. We have three pair of passes to give away. You can use them on any, you can only use them once, but use them on Monday the 5th, Tuesday the 6th, or Wednesday the 7th of December. 800-227-5278, is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Now, on the other side of this break, Ray Nutt was great to talk to about Johnny Cash, but how about hearing from his son? John Carter Cash is featured in the new movie, uh, Johnny Cash, Redemption of an American Icon. John is going to join me for a very intimate conversation about his father's life and legacy. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. Roger Marsh here. Just want to take a moment to thank you for the outstanding support that you've shown to our friends at Preborn. Up to this point, we have a remarkable report to share with you. Uh, Preborn last year placed 25 ultrasound machines in pregnancy health centers all over the country. And this year, they're going to add one more. Thanks to bottom line listeners, you have raised over $15,000 for the purpose of putting an ultrasound machine in a pregnancy health center. But there's more. You've also raised enough money to save the lives of 240 babies. That's right. Their moms come into a preborn clinic. For every 100 women who come in, 83 will have an ultrasound and see the baby's image and decide, oh my gosh, that's my son, that's my daughter. They hear the heartbeat and they get excited either to become new parents or to become parents who will release those children for adoption. Your $28 donation makes this possible. A $280 donation means that 10 babies' lives are saved. $2,800 will save 100 babies. $1,400 will save 50. Now give us a call at 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or go to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com today. You'll see a preborn banner. Click on that banner and make your donation. It takes less than 28 seconds to make a $28 donation that will save a baby's life. Contact preborn right now. Well, special edition of the Bottom Line Show here today. We're doing our Movie Monday on Good News Friday here because there's a movie coming out this coming Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday that I want all of our Bottom Line listeners to see. It's called Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. We've got the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we are very fortunate to have uh, Johnny's son, John Carter Cash, with us here on Zoom. If you're watching on myhopenow.com or uh, just on the audio here on our uh, Bottom Line Show network, John Carter Cash, welcome to the Bottom Line Show. 
Thank you for having me. Very good to connect with you. Well, it's wonderful to connect with you too. And, mm -hmm. and I, I realize this is a biopic as they like to say, but you're great in this movie. I, I love, I love the way they, they've give you a chance to kind of tell the story, how they weave in mm -hmm. the different family members. It's incredible. What was How long has this process taken? I mean, obviously this is your life story, your dad's life story, but this is a side of Johnny Cash. A lot of our listeners haven't seen before. Well, there's a lot been said about my father in documentary or even in my father's own words. And, and and whatnot but but uh, i believe this is the film that dad would like to see come out one that focuses yes. on um, uh, his faith uh, as as the central point of his life and um, you know the central strength of his life you know right. and and this movie i be believe it offers an insight into who my dad really was um, mm -hmm. it, um, it, it, it's a it's a clear insight and, and it yeah. comes through of course uh, the story being told it comes through um, an, an amazing diverse array of uh, people that are interviewed but it also comes from my father's own words um mm -hmm. He uh, wrote an autobiography that was called Cash, and he, and during the process, uh, there were tapes that were made and things that were not either not used in the book or nobody had ever heard before. And so there, you hear my father's own words and his just describing his faith, and um, it's cohesive. It puts together, you know, his connection uh, with with God, and you know, uh, the, the beautiful thing is that that even though my father suffered so much. Um, uh, loss in his life as young his brother died when he was young my mother you know at the end of my father's life before he passed away and but my dad never can he never cursed god he, he kept his grace and he, he kept his gratitude um i think he had just a just a a, a very a true understanding of, of why we're here and and what his life's mission was and and and, and that's evident in this film I, be, I believe this film stands out um you know in in the world of the cash documentaries uh, simply because of that if for no other reason is that is that it it, it exhibits my father's life um the standing upon faith yeah, I had I went, I'm talking with John Carter Cash today here on the bottom line about the movie Johnny Cash: The Redemption of an American Icon, which is in theaters December fifth, sixth, and seventh, and we will be giving away some tickets here at the end of our conversation uh, through eight hundred two two seven five two seven eight. If you want to call and get in line now, because I know a lot of people are going to call in for these. Uh, John, I had the privilege of uh, of being around your dad one time. It was at the Christian Booksellers Convention. This is probably nineteen. I want to say ninety six, ninety seven, mm -hmm. and it was one of those just really surreal moments I still kind of pinch myself where he was doing a book signing and it was kind of near the convention floor and he was sitting at the booth with a publicist and they were just talking and there was no line I mean for whatever reason it was just one of those weird gaps in time where a lot of people did they didn't realize Johnny Cash is sitting right there and mm. so my producer buddy and I walked over and got autographs and we talked to him and the word that I kept coming back to was there was such a piece about your dad you know, I mean, oh, yeah. a lot of people think that there's this kind of, you know, well, he's the man in black and he's, you know, the, the fulsome prism. He's that kind of guy. But you could really sense that his faith was real and that he was at peace with the role that God had called him to. Talk, talk about how you experienced him when you were growing up. Well, I experienced him as 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 everything from uh, uh, a scholarly um the luke um to a a rompous um um sort of half drunk saint peter <laughs> he was he 
he was everything. My father, uh, you know, he definitely had his struggles in life. Um, yeah. but, um, but he always came back to center. Um, he truly did. And, and, um, he was always kind. He was always gentle. Um, he exhibited many of the fruits of the spirit, one of being long suffering, of course, but the kindness. And he was always, he was always there as a father, um, you know, and, and, um, Larry King asked my dad one time on live television, his legacy, what would be the most important aspect of his legacy? If he could say one thing, what would it be? And dad said that it would be that he was a good father. He hoped that that would be his legacy. And that basically reaches out to his offspring, uh-huh. uh, in that he's very successful. And I hope to lend that to my own children. But, uh, but I think that it's that type of wisdom. If what if a, what is our foundation? Where do we keep our own yard? You know, how do we how do we lend our how do we how do we build a better better home better nation? Well, we start with the we start with the, the home, and we build from there. And yeah. uh, and that and that's that's the deal. That's what that's who my father was. First of all, he was a father. He was a husband. Your dad grew up in a home, the youngest of seven. He grew up in a home with, you know, we're talking the poorest of poor. Mm-hmm. And and then, of course, to add, I don't want to say insult to injury, but your dad was kind of whimsical, you know, yeah. kind of thing. He, he was actually, artistic. Yeah. yeah, he actually had three younger siblings. But, okay, uh, I'm sorry. But, but, you know, that's, that's fine. But, yeah, he was whimsical in some way. And that type of thing. He Very hardworking, though, I mean, at the same time. And mm-hmm. and he suffered some of the, tra- the tragedies. I, I want to warn our listeners, I mean, without going into bloodshed gore and everything like that but your your uncle jack's uh passing yeah, was yeah. was not only traumatic but it was physically just i mean i i don't know how you recover from something like that did he talk much about that or did you just see it just kind of play out in his life that he was oh, still you know, kind of yeah i mean it's life's trauma you know and i i, I think i mean he watched his brother go um his brother you know d- died from a horrible accident and nowadays if he had the kind of an injury that to his internal organs that that uh that, that he had back then he probably survived if it happened right. now. but because of not, without it being a modification he um he, he passed in of, but he lived a few days after the major hugely traumatic injury but but um in his uh in, in his 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 fits of wakefulness and his connections of, uh, with family jack talked about his his uh, his seeing the angels and how beautiful it was and i think dad carried that with him and i think in many ways he, he carried the way because jack always wanted to be a pastor and so dad you know wanted to be more like jack and he looked up to two years older he looked up to him like a like a hero but you know jack jack um my dad said that, that throughout his life when his, he was his best friend he said throughout his life, when 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 he would dream of Jack, that Jack aged with him. Mm. So if my father was had a dream as a fifty year old, Jack was fifty two. Wow! And wow. so it's like they were side by side, you know, mm-hmm. on through life in some ways. And I think that's the best we can hope for. I mean, there's there's loved ones that I have that I know I haven't talked to in a long time. And so what matters, you know? I mean, and and I, I don't necessarily live this all the time, and I forget. Or I, I take a, the safer way or I'm too tired to do this and that. But what matters, I believe, is that we reach out to the ones we care about. And that's what my dad said to me. He said, you know, show love every chance you get because it's gone. It's over in the wink of an eye. Mm. It's amazing. It's great wisdom and insight. Uh, the words of Johnny Cash is shared by his son, John Carter Cash, today here on the Bottom Line Show. The movie, The Redemption of an American Icon, Johnny Cash Story, is exclusively in theaters through Fathom Events. 
uh, December 5, 6, and 7. We have tickets. I mean, tickets are available. We'll put the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, you can purchase tickets. You have to experience this in the theaters. I'm going to be seeing it in the theaters too, John. I, I had a chance to watch a screener on my computer, and it was so captivating. I told my wife, we are going to this movie <laughs> so Wonderful. we can see this thing. Um, talk, talk about the the legacy now, uh, the, the oh. idea that, you know, that you, there have been, you mentioned there have been so many uh, cash documentaries there. You know, of course, we think of... Uh, uh, you know the the Reese Witherspoon and was it which of the Walking, Phoenix, Walking. Walking Phoenix? Yeah, I mean, and and that sensationalized it. I found that very entertaining. But understanding, okay, th when it comes to biopic, you're going to you know accentuate certain areas, maybe even embellish a little bit. This really cuts to the core. It's your dad's own words from a book that he wrote. It's oh yeah, interview you, your aunt. I mean, other different people. Yeah, I mean, it. It. I believe it's an important part of his legacy. I, I believe it's an accurate, uh, as as accurate uh, a description of of who he was as as can be found out there. And yeah, I mean, there's many of those other documentaries that are wonderful that show particular insight. Um, and then the film is is fun and it's good and it also tells of my parents' love story and I'm forever eternal for the eternally grateful for that. So. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. most certainly um but you know the love story um, absolutely we wouldn't have this conversation if it hadn't happened but, right yeah <laughs> yeah but um but you know i mean uh, there's a lot to see out there's a lot and, and my father people want to know more about him they want to understand him better they yeah. once they discover the man the music they want to understand him better and so people people uh, want to seek and um hopefully um what what that i can help with will be will be honest and as true as possible i'm glad to be there talk about your legacy john i mean obviously it, it, i've i've had the privilege of meeting a handful of the sons of ministry leaders you know uh, iconic names that you would say oh yeah i know that guy and uh, mm -hmm. and i know what it's like for some of them have had a hard time escaping the shadow of dad I mean, obviously, your dad oh, yeah. and mom left such a huge footprint on the American psyche. Yeah, and and I, like I went through a lot of struggle when I was younger, off and on, trying to figure out who I was. Yeah. But my parents were good, down to earth people. They weren't uh, they weren't that puffed up or full of themselves in many different ways. Even though um, you know the world may put them on a pedestal, I knew who they really were, and so it made it that much easier to to move forward in life. But I had to figure out what I really wanted and what I wanted to do. Um, you have expectations. I think the son of entertainers, children of entertainers put on themselves that they have to meet up to a certain standard or, or come to a certain point. And, and, and but but I, I'm in music because I love it, because right. it's healing for me um, and because because it's my joy and uh, in creativity. I try to stay there. Do, what do you hear your dad and your mom telling you? You know, uh, here we are 20 years past. What's mm -hmm. it like now? Well, still walking this road and saying, I know who I am and I know who my, my parents are. Mm -hmm. But do, do you still kind of hear their voices every now and again? You know, kind of. Yeah, you know, and I, I think it's the same thing. We forget sometimes and then we try to come back to center. And that's that's what I hope to do. And I think that's what my mother and father both did. Um, they try, kept trying to come back to center, kept trying and always loving the ones that they were close to, always mm -hmm. getting closer and reaching out as best they could. There's a lot of love in this movie. And uh, John, we've got about 60 seconds left in our time together with John Carter Cash talking about Johnny Cash, the re redemption of an American icon. Um, mm -hmm. what, what What is your hope when people go to the theater, but what is your hope when they leave the theater after they've seen this? Well, I hope you go to the theater with an open mind um, and, you know, love for my father, his music, his songs, the things that he wrote. Um, I love for 
for for for understanding, uh, for connection and faith, and uh, then I hope that they walk away with a better uh, feeling, like they have a personal, you know, more personal relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, that because so many people claim him as their own, it's like right. you know, well, claim him on certain levels, you know, mm-hmm. claim yeah. claim him as as being someone who would love you no matter who you are. You know, for sure. Most certainly. He was not a politician, though. People sometimes forget that. And uh, I'm not either. But but, uh, you know, he he was somebody that was stood for family, stood for togetherness and whose foundation was upon faith, but happened to be one of the coolest rebels in uh, the history of the world. So, yeah, all of these things uh, came together and made him who he was. Yeah, there are certain people who are remembered and others who are missed. And your dad definitely falls in that second category because uh, especially now where I see where the world is headed right now, we could use a Johnny Cash. uh, uh, Yeah, many many hopefully will recall what he had to say by watching these films. Uh, Yeah, let's do it. We're out there. Well, check check out the one that we've been talking about today. Uh, John Carter Cash is featured prominently in the new movie called Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. We've got a link for the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com. John, uh, how do we find you on social media? As we wrap, so You can go to johncartercash.com. I'm also on Instagram, uh, John Carter Cash, and uh, on Facebook, um, John Carter Cash. Um, you can track me down there. And um, I'm also... Uh, Cash Cabin Studios, the um, Cash Cabin Enterprises, excuse me, Cash Cabin Enterprises.com is out there. And that, but uh, that can, you can go to John Carter Cash, uh, com to find out more about what I do, my music production, my own music, uh, my wife, Anna Christina Cash's music. All right. Well, perfect. We'll have that John Carter Cash link up at the bottom line show.com. Use that as kind of a springboard for everything else that you can find out about uh, the music and life and ministry of John Carter Cash. John, thank you so much for your time today yes. here on the bottom thank line. You. Great to get to know you, sir. Good to talk to you. What a great conversation there. And so wonderful to meet you, John Carter Cash. JohnCarterCash.com is up at the bottom line show.com. And you'll see John uh, with his beanie and his full beard uh, <laughs> featured prominently in the brand new movie, Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. It's in theaters December 5th, December 6th, December 7th. That's next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We have three pair of passes we're giving away between now and the top of the hour. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. My thanks again to John Carter Cash, the son of Johnny Cash and uh, June Carter. Uh, loved his mom and dad passionately, and, and they, their love for God and for each other is reflected so nicely in this beautiful new movie called Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. We've got three pair of passes to give away, courtesy of our guest before John. Ray Nutt, the CEO of Fathom Events. It's a Fathom Events event, and uh, Fathom Events has provided us with three pair of tickets to give away for next week. You can go to the showing either Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, One pair does not get you all three days, I should point out, (laughs) but uh, you'll want to see this movie on the big screen for sure. 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. My thanks again to Ray and to John Carter Cash for being a part of this Good News Friday, kind of a movie Monday on Good News Friday hour. And um, we're so glad that they were part of it for us today. For KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day. Rabbi Schneider, Discovering the Jewish Jesus, coming up. For those who remain on the network, a good news story about the sanctity of human life and the dignity of children, even if they wind up losing their lives in an abortion mill. A great ruling out of Indiana we'll be talking about coming up next as the bottom line continues.
Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and it's so good to have you along here on this Good News Friday uh, to talk about what we do on Fridays. For those who are watching on myhopenow.com, uh, we realize that we've got a couple different ways that you can consume the program, as they say in the current media world. Uh, the first way, of course, is to uh, listen to it on the radio. That's where our program originates from. Reach over here. Uh, program originates from KBRT in Southern California, and then is broadcast on KLDC, KLTT in Denver, Colorado, and also KCBC in the Bay Area and a couple of smaller outlets. Uh, that basically, it does cover about 31 markets. But then we also do record video of a lot of the interviews and a lot of the segments that we do and carry them at myhopenow.com. And on our Friday programs on the Bottom Line Show, have been doing this for years and years. This is our 12th year of being on the air. And for at least half of those years, Fridays have been Good News Fridays, where we basically take the whole 90 minutes of the program and dedicate it to just the sharing of good news about how the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, is transforming hearts and lives. And toward that end, sometimes we'll talk about a news story. Sometimes we'll talk about uh, a different aspect of our Christian faith. Sometimes we'll just talk about something that's good news, like a bunch of Christian kids went on a missionary trip and they raised $100,000 to you know, do whatever. I mean, th those types of things are huge. By the way, I should mention, speaking of good news, uh, tremendous uh, good news opportunity uh, for you as a bottom line listener who supports the ministry of preborn. Preborn is a ministry we've been working with for the past several months uh, that places ultrasound machines in pregnancy health centers, uh, the kind that do pregnancy health, not kill kids like abortion clinics do. And in addition to uh, placing the ultrasound machines there, they also uh, provide an opportunity for us to uh, sponsor a uh, pro-life ultrasound where a woman goes to a pregnancy health center and she uh, will have a pregnancy test. They confirm the pregnancy, then she'll watch uh, the ultrasound being performed right there on her tummy and gets to see the picture of baby and gets to uh, hear the heartbeat. And it's just truly remarkable. It's only $28, by the way, for a uh, preborn ultrasound. And of one, every 100 women who go to a preborn clinic, 83 of them will choose life, either choosing to be a mom or to carry that child to term and release that child for adoption. One of the heinous parts of Roe versus Wade is the dehumanization of the child and the womb. You know, the so-called it's fetal tissue. You know, it's a bunch of cells. I'm doing air quotes for the My Hope Now crowd. <laughs> but that's true. I mean, that is the God's honest truth as to how they have been able to sell abortions to women. First, they don't tell them about the adoption option at all. Recent study, I think it was Gallup. It wasn't even a Christian group. 55% of women who were post-abortive had had at least one abortion said that they did not know that adoption was an option. They were told either you're going to be a parent and you're a single parent, or maybe the child was conceived in a sexual assault. You don't want that reminder, whatever it is. And, and so you're going to be stuck with this kid or we can make the pregnancy end. And they change the terminology. The only way a pregnancy ends is when a child is born or a child dies. That's those are the only two ways to end a pregnancy. And the progressive left for years has been controlling the narrative as to what is a baby and what is a pregnancy, et cetera, et cetera. So they've changed it to reproductive rights and reproductive freedom. I'm, I'm just doing air quotes the whole time for my hope now. And the whole idea like California just passed Proposition 1, Colorado Proposal 3, uh, was Vermont or Connecticut Proposal 5, that basically says now a woman can perform, uh, have an abortion performed on her preborn child up until the birth of that child. And the abortionist will not face any criminal charges, nor will the mom, for killing that baby. 
Moreover, if an abortion is attempted on a child and the child survives the abortion, the hospital, if there is one involved, because a lot of abortion clinics do not have uh, access to uh, admission rights, admitting privileges to a hospital. When that happens, then they could basically just let the child die. Kermit Gosnell did this. He's serving four life sentences right now for doing this to children. A woman would come in for a late-term abortion. They would try to abort the child. The child would not succumb to the abortion, and they'd leave the kid on the gurney. No medical attention, no nothing, and just wait. As, as Dr. Gosnell testified, we would wait for the child to stop moving. It's a horrible existence, and yet these are the types of laws that are passed in states all the time. The state of Indiana is one of those states that's actually pushing back. There was a, uh, a, a bill that was passed in 2016 that we covered here on the Bottom Line Show that said, hey, wait a minute. When it comes to children and the sanctity of human life and the dignity of human life, Indiana had a problem with this. I think Iowa may have had a problem with it as well. When a mother would come to an abortion clinic, she would abort a child at 12, 13, 14 weeks of gestation. Then they had a remains policy where a medical hazardous waste company would come and pick up the quote-unquote remains of the fetal you know former fetus i don't know how to put this but uh, plug your ears if you don't want to hear it they were throwing away dead babies literally putting them in trash bags and having them dropped off in landfills there's video evidence of this happening there are a couple of medical waste hauling companies that actually face criminal prosecution because they were literally, I mean, medical waste is one thing. If you, if you have surgery and they remove a cancerous tumor, they're going to take a little bit of the tumor for a biopsy. And what do they do with the rest of it? A medical waste company comes and disposes of it. Of it. If something happens to someone and they're involved in a tragic accident, maybe your foot gets mangled and they have to do reconstructive surgery to try to you know, save part of the foot. And they're going to put a prosthetic on there and there's bits and pieces, ligaments and stuff like that. A medical waste company comes and takes that away. But when a human being dies, we don't throw them away. When a human being dies, we have an in-ground burial or their bodies are prepared for a mausoleum. Or we have a cremation process that allows the remains to be burned up. Either way, the bodies are disposed of in a dignified manner. And so lawmakers in Indiana back in 2016 said, okay, if you're going to still abort these children, we get that. But you must do something properly with their remains in the same way you would with an adult. Either use cremation or burial. And there are a lot of Christian ministries that will actually provide the means for burial they'll say look you know if you if a child has been aborted we want the child's remains we want to give that child a proper burial more and more parents are saying if the ch a lot of times they would sell the family on well you know you have to abort the child because there's going to be birth defects and they're not going to have a great quality of life more and more parents are saying you know what let me hold my baby i don't care if he lives a week i don't care if he lives a month i don't care if he lives 17 minutes we want to welcome that child name that child bless that child pray for that child and then release that child to heaven and then have a proper burial to remember that this son or daughter did live god created this child and this child's life has value and it has dignity well, a lower court ruled against Indiana's fetal remains law back in 2016, and they've been fighting this thing in court for the past six and a half years. It's interesting because 
according to the opinion of the panel, and it was over, it was a majority, by the way, it was overwhelming. The three judge panel of the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals issued a unanimous ruling last week, reversing a lower court decision on the 2016 fetal law. The court rejected the argument that the fetal remains law, which prohibits abortion clinics and hospitals from incinerating fetal tissue as medical waste. They rejected the argument that it would violate the conscience of two women who had undergone abortions and did not want the fetal remains buried or cremated. Now get this. Here's the abortion industry saying, well, you know the reason why. This is the same logic they have when they said, we don't, preborn shows ultrasounds and kids live. The abortion industry says, well, we're not going to show, no, no ultrasounds here because it's too traumatic for the woman. And you know why it's traumatic for her? It's traumatic for the woman involved because she looks at that child and says, that's my daughter. That's my son. I can hear their heartbeat. That's the trauma. The trauma isn't that they're, oh, it's so grotesque and it's so malshapen and blah, blah, blah. No, the abortion industry is actually right. It is traumatic for a woman at an abortion clinic to see the ultrasound. But the trauma is not because somehow she wouldn't then go through with the abortion. The trauma is, oh my gosh, I almost killed a live human baby that I'm carrying. So these fetal remains laws are important. According to Judge Frank Estabrook, who wrote the majority opinion, quote, the Indiana law does not require any woman who has obtained an abortion to violate any belief, religious or secular. The cremate or bury directive applies only to hospitals and clinics. At all events, a moral objection to one potential implication of the way medical providers handle fetal remains is some distance from a contention that the state compels any woman to violate her own religious tenets. Uh, Estabrook rejected the arguments of the two plaintiff physicians who did not want to inform patients about the statutory requir requirements for the fetal remains law. As for the requirement that physicians and other providers tell patients about the statutory options, no one contends that the required notice is false or misleading. Physicians must tell their patients about drug side effects and provide information that enables informed consent to risky procedures like surgery. There's nothing here that implies that similar notice requirements violate the Constitution. Indiana Right to Life President and CEO Mike Fichter said he is, quote, thankful Indiana's law requiring the humane burial or cremation of aborted babies is back in effect. And we are, too. And that's why I encourage you to check out our friends at Preborn. Go to kbrightradio.com or crawfordmediagroup.net. Look for the Preborn banner. Click on a link there. Your $28 donation will go toward saving one baby's life, a $280 donation will save 10, $2,800 will save 100. And right here at the bottom line show, our goal is to get over 400. We're within 100. Uh, someone could wipe that out with one phone call to 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com, myhopenow.com, uh, crawfordmediagroup.net, hit the banner for preborn and make your best donation. More Good News Friday still to come. Here's the bottom line continues. Call Dennis Wilson and his team today at 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. I get this comment a couple times a week. You know, should I stay in the market or should I get out? If you like the results of the last two years, stay in. If not, then we've got some great solutions to help you stop the bleeding, put the stitches in, and then go from there. I personally think that the current administration is going to continue the roller coaster of the market, and it's going to be especially hard for those who are living on a fixed income or nearing retirement. It's leading us down the road to where the huge majority of people who are studying what's going on 
think that a recession is almost here. And so with this administration we have, I would recommend you get away and stay away. Protect your resources in retirement with Wilson Financial Services. Call 800-696-9970. That's 800-696-9970. Or fill out the contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial. Well, welcome back to this edition of Good News Friday here on the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, our first Good News Friday for the Advent month of December. And we think about the advent of the the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And oftentimes for years, I... I, I I wondered, you know, Advent I got, you know, we're, we're anticipating the birth of Jesus, and I know a lot of people are, are very, very anxious about that, uh, well, excited. I mean, I don't know, Scripture says be anxious for nothing, but remember there was that point, too, where Jesus said, you know, uh, uh, I've eagerly waited to celebrate the Passover with you, you know, and that's the same type of urgency, so uh, I, you know, like six of one, half dozen of the other. But as we prepare to celebrate Advent, um, it's also a time of year when a lot of people are thinking in terms of how they can uh, maximize their influence as a believer with um, talking about a tangible gift. That's a fancy way of saying December's a month when a lot of people are hearing from ministries that are saying, hey, if you make a donation to our ministry right now, it's tax deductible, we got a special gift, you know, blah, 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 trying to get people to, uh, you know, to, to part with their money. In the world, in the mainstream culture, people do this all the time. They look at the end of the year, they look at their taxes, and they realize, hey, if I give a charitable gift here or there or whatever, it does lower, you know, my, my exposure. And trust me, when you meet with Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial, for example, you know, one of the first questions he'll ask you, this is a trick question. I mean, it's not really a trick question, but I'm just going to let you in on a, a little secret. When you contact Dennis, one of the first questions he will ask you is, uh, you know, want to know what kind of financial situation you're in. Obviously, he has to do a little fitness checkup to find out what your debts are and, you know, stuff like that. But then in terms of long-term investments is what, what he's looking at. And then he'll ask the question, well, whose money is it anyway? And he talks about this on the air, too. And it's amazing how many people will say, well, it's mine. We've worked hard for it. We deserve this, blah, blah, blah. And they don't wind up working well with Wilson Financial because there isn't that component that says, look, this is all God's money and we are to be stewards with every penny. So then you begin to look at it differently. You don't say, hey, I just got a paycheck and 100% of it's mine, but I got to give 10% back to God. But rather it's, no, it's all his. How does he want me to live with it? And therefore, I know a lot of people who are very comfortable with tithes and offerings and donations, they're giving almost half their income away every month, and they've got plenty of money to live on. So it's amazing. The more generous you are, the more willing you are to sow the seed, as it were, I believe God blesses. And uh, I'm not saying that in some Presbyterian gospel type of situation. Yes, I said Presbyterian. Um, But it is interesting to me. Now, study after study, I am far more uh, interested in the... uh, what the world says about charitable giving than what the church does. Because I know, like you do, you've heard the statistics, they aren't very pretty. Anywhere from 2 to 3% of Christians tithe on a regular basis if the church would actually take tithes and offerings seriously. Then I believe, honestly, <laughs> that we would see a lot of the social issues that we have in the culture go away because we wouldn't be looking at government programs to solve them. And you know, it's interesting because when you look at you know the, the words of Paul, with regard to tithes and offerings, talking about how the Lord loves a cheerful giver. I mean, that's really the only New Testament direction we have that's specifically in the New Testament. That doesn't mean we don't tithe. The tithe, the 10%, and the offering above and beyond goes all throughout the Old Testament. It's one of the hallmarks of God's people. 
generosity, you know, giving to God, the things that are God's. It's amazing to see how people's lives are blessed or sometimes ruined by their attitude toward whose money is it anyway, you know? And I'm not trying to make a big deal of it here. I mean, this is Good News Friday, right? <laughs> it's, you know, not trying to put that on your, uh, on your conscience, but I encourage you, as you are prayerfully considering your tax-deductible year-end contributions, now is a good time to make them, obviously, before December 31st, because you can use them to your advantage on uh, your tax forms when you file your taxes in 2023 for the year 2022. Any of the programs you listen to here on our network of stations here on the bottom line, all of the ministry programs are nonprofit 501c3s, which means you can make a donation to them that helps them with their operational costs, some of which include the producing of the programs and purchasing of airtime on radio stations. If those programs bless you, then by all means, share in the ministry. I, I wholeheartedly encourage that. Now, as far as the bottom line goes, yes, I am an ordained minister, but no, the bottom line show is not a 501c3. Uh, we have on occasion had people send us Christmas cards with a $25 check. This is for your ministry. <laughs> I don't have an organized ministry per se. Doesn't mean we won't in the future, but we don't right now. The best way you could support the bottom line show, quite frankly, is to support the people who support the show. We were a commercial station, and we run, we operate on commercial stations. And so when you hear a Dennis Wilson ad, Dennis is paying for that. Stephanie Cover, uh, Lions Defending Freedom, Preborn. I mean, everybody who we are promoting here has, you know, we have a partnership arrangement. So when you make a donation, you know, if you need a personal injury attorney, I highly recommend Stephanie. You know, sign up for what she has to offer, 877-214-4935, or you can register with her at kbrightradio.com forward slash Cover Law, and that's Cover as in cover. Wilson Financial Services has a huge ministry component. As a matter of fact, if you go to wilson-financial.com, they have a page of the organizations that they fundraise for, that they support. When a portion of the proceeds of what they earn from your business goes into ministry, it's building churches in Africa, it's about donating ultrasound machines to preborn. Uh, that list goes on, and th there's a hyperlink. As a matter of fact, when you go to uh, Wilt Dennis's website and you see the preborn link there for preborn health clinics and ultrasound machines, you click that link, it takes you right back to our page. I mean, that's that's how dialed in they are. But a lot of people ask the question, they see Christians going, oh, well, that guy drives a Tesla, or that guy lives in a big house, or you know, this, that, and the other thing, and they're not very generous. Well, study after study shows that people who are of a faith tradition are more generous and give more money than people who are not. The left will go out there and say, let's take God out of schools, let's get religion out of everything, don't mention a Bible verse, but then they'll wonder why, and they think they're so generous and so wonderful and so loving, but statistically they're not. A new study from the American Bible Society actually measured this, and it's kind of interesting to see a uh, biblical organization measuring the effects of uh, the giving from people outside the church as well as inside the church. And their statistics shows that the average person who is not part of a church congregation is going to give about a third of what the person who is what they call scripturally engaged. As a matter of fact, the amount of money that Christians who are regular church attenders, Bible study people, and people who were what they call scripture engaged, had a huge year last year when it comes to giving for 2021, and it remains to be seen what's going to happen with 2022. How much are we talking about here? Are you ready for nine-figure gifts? Yeah, it's that. 
It's like that, as the kids would say. I'll explain why coming up next as the bottom line continues. You know, one of the things I love about the ministry of preborn is that in addition to the the actual practical things that we talk about, the fact that women come in for a free ultrasound and a free pregnancy test, and once they see that ultrasound, 83% of the time, a woman who sees the ultrasound and hears the baby's heartbeat for the first time is going to say, that's my son, that's my daughter, I can't wait to be a mom. Or they're going to say, wow, that is a baby that's just so beautiful, and I can't wait to release this child for adoption. Now, obviously, there's a third option that's legal in the People's Republic of California, but the beautiful thing about preborn is more hearts and minds are being changed by simply showing mom and dad the image of the baby. But it's more than just that. Of the 56,000 pregnancy tests that were given last year, of the 25,000 babies saved at preborn clinics just through the first six months of this year, do you know how many women are also giving their hearts to Jesus Christ? Nearly 200 women per week. That's over nearly five, more than 5,000 decisions for Christ this year alone. Pro-life, pro-baby, pro-mom, pro-gospel. We're saving more than just babies. We're saving souls with preborn. Your $28 donation makes that happen for one child. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-2229. Call now. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. This American Bible Society study, I think, is so fabulous. Um, it's a study of several thousand U.S. adults, and this their, their study takes a while to compile their data. This study was from uh, the first quarter of 2022, so the numbers they're giving you are for 2021, but they're getting ready to queue up for next year's study. So just in anticipation of that, they've been releasing a different chapter every month or so in their State of the Bible report. Chapter 8 talked about giving, and here's what they found. They found that people who are engaged with Scripture are more likely to give to a charity than people who are not. As a matter of fact, people who are scripture, as they call them, disengaged, gave an average of $649 to charity. People who are kind of engaged, but not really there, about 924, but people who are scripturally engaged gave an average of just under $3,000 per household in 2021. Now, what's interesting about that number is it's impressive to say, wow, that's almost five times as much as people who don't pay attention. But it also is kind of an indication, well, <laughs> I remember the first pastor that I ever remember really, you know, sitting under teaching, Dr. Harold Leesman at Lake Hills Community Church. Whenever he talked about tithing, he had the best way of just kind of putting a little burning coal on your head, as they say, you know, showing kindness to an enemy, but, you know, the burning coal. One time he was doing a, past, uh, a sermon on tithing and he said, okay, don't think about tithing in terms of this is what I start with as my annual income and then after taxes and this is what I have left and do you tithe on the net or the gross? He said, here's what I want you to think about. Instead, turn that around. Take a look at how much you're going to put in the offering plate today and then ask yourself if God would bless that by tenfold. And then he'd stop and he'd smile at the congregation and he'd say, it's not too easy to live on 10 bucks a week, is it? And people would kind of nervously laugh and go, uh. But think about this. If the average of scripturally engaged American gave $2,941 to charity, and that's all charity. That's your church. That's a nonprofit group that you support. That's the, your kids' uh, music ensemble that has a 501c3. That's maybe a couple of little couches you gave to Salvation Army. I mean, that that's what we're talking about here. 
2941. So let's round it up to 3,000. That would mean, using Dr. Leesman's math, that the average scripture-engaged person makes $30,000 a year. Now, is that descriptive of where you are? Uh, by the way, uh, people who are scripture-engaged, when you total up everybody in the survey, it was $145 billion. One four five zero 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 zero. Well, that's 12 figures or whatever, right? I'm, yikes. It's a lot of money donated by people who are scripturally engaged. Now, the reasons why, obviously, there's some people who are, you know, they're, they're reading. They're spending time in scripture. They come across those passages and they're convicted by it. Others, though, I'll tell you, that cheerful giving thing, doesn't it feel good to give? Next Monday, this coming Monday, December the 5th, you're going to have an opportunity to engage in one of those types of activities. Actually, we're going to give you two days next week, but we have a very special opportunity coming up for you with our friends at Preborn. I'm not going to tell you how much that they're putting up, but a friend of the ministry of Preborn, outside of the Bottom Line Show influence, outside of our stations and affiliates, it's someone we don't even know. I love this. This is the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. All we know is that Preborn rang us up and said, look, on Monday, December 5th, you will have a gift, and it's massive. Let's see what kind of good we can do with that. So please be praying about how God would have you use the resources he has blessed you with to bless the ministry of Preborn this coming Monday from 3 to 4.30 p.m. Pacific, 4 to 5.30 Mountain Time. Think about it. Pray about it. And just let God take over. I mean, oftentimes, I, I like to play Scrabble online. Got into it with my wife when we were in the beginning of the... Uh, uh, the pandemic and you know, give us something to do during the course of the day. I love the way it kind of keeps my mind fresh in terms of looking for different words and letters and playing different combinations and stuff like that. But there are certain letters on the Scrabble board that I hoard. You get that blank tile? I want it. You want the Z? You want the X? I want those. I want those Q. They're high value tiles. I hang on to them. But you know the ones I really hang on to the most are the S's because there's more than one. And you can take just about any word, and sometimes that S is enough to stretch you into a triple word, and boom, you get a high point total. But I have a tendency when I'm playing the game to hang on to them and hoard them like they're mine, instead of saying, just put them in play, put them in play, put them in play. When God blesses you financially, it may be a lot or it may be a little, he doesn't want us sitting on your hands. He doesn't want churches who've been blessed. I was part of a church group one time. We received a million-dollar donation as an estate gift from someone who'd passed away. And the question at the council meeting wasn't, ooh, how much interest are we going to get? The first thing that was, how do we maximize this gift? Good news of the gospel is that God maximized the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, and his blood, and it stretches over everyone's sin. You want to live forever? Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for your sin. That's the best deal you will ever make. That is the true good news. And that's the bottom line.